I'm Cassie Meller, and this is Out and About, a DHS Press podcast about living as an LGBTQ teen. Each episode consists of a conversation I've had with a member of the LGBTQ community here in Loudoun County. During the course of producing the first two episodes, I actually came out as transgender myself. You'll hear a little bit of my thought process and experience on that questioning and exploring of my identity as a result. Recording the episodes gave me the boost I needed to start transitioning from Calvin to Cassandra. In this episode, I spoke with Jamie Hunt, a senior at Dominion High School. Um, my name is Jamie, and my identity is a wonderful question. Um, I identify as gay. However, I use that more as an umbrella term. Um, specific sexual, yeah, sorry, sexuality and labels um, are are. That, that that's a little bit difficult. Um, I identify uh, within the trans community. Um, and yeah, um, uh, identifying what I'm transitioning into. I say uh, trans woman, but it, it, it's, it, I fall into the non-binary category. Okay. So kind of a, a little bit flexible, not really sure yet. Right. All right. Um, so what does that what does that mean for you then? Because um, I know probably a lot of people listening to this are you know they might have heard of being transgender like a trans man or a trans woman. But what does that mm-hmm. mean to be non-binary for you? So um, it's it's of course it's always a very complicated question with the idea of a binary. Um, the, quite simply put, it means that I don't really feel like I fit into uh, the dichotomy that we kind of have between masculine and feminine, um, and that n- either or just don't feel perfectly right to me. Um, so personally, um, it, it comes with how I express myself. It comes with um, how I act and talk. Um, and yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, uh, at least for me, when I was like figuring out that I'm bi, like, and I, I know gender is a whole different thing, but I just didn't even know myself for a long time. Like it just took me a long time to even figure out like for myself, let alone to be able to like vocalize that to another person (laughs) right um yeah uh it's it's so interesting uh to uh kind of reflect back because I mean when I was younger I feel like I should have like really known because uh I I have a really bad memory so one of the few memories I have of being really young is me telling my parents that when I die and I become an angel, I want to be a girl angel. <laughs> and, and they were like, uh, okay. And it just, it, I, I feel like, feel like it should have been a lot more, um, obvious do you at have, that point. But. Do you have like other little stories like that? Cause I, I think those <laughs> are always really kind of interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's explore. Um, 
it, it's difficult because when I was that young, it's very easy to see like the innocence of it. it it's it's very like soft and cute. But as we get older and we start kind of preparing to integrate with society, it it gets a little bit sadder. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another one of those stories is when I was in about, goodness, the sixth grade, um, my friends for my going away party, I was just about to move. Um, they said they wanted to put me in a dress. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, you guys can have fun with that. And they put me in a dress. Um, and I was all flustered and I played it off as, oh, um, it's because it's humiliating to be in a dress, but I, I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And it, 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 it was frustrating because I didn't know why. And I, so it kind of, it kind of resulted in me being a little bit embarrassed. Did you ever have like a, wait, hold up, this is something more kind of moment? It's, uh, it, it's, it's hard to pinpoint when, yeah. because even now, uh, realizing that I've known that I was non-binary for a while, but uh, for me, I used to think, I used to put myself more into the absolute neutral idea of non-binary, that I wasn't, um, almost that I, I didn't express gender okay um but then I started getting a lot of dysphoria and I started actively wanting to seek out things that were feminine um funnily enough some of the things that um made me kind of realize was music oh really um certain music yeah uh, I I'd listen to music and it would address the listener as a girl and like my heart would skip a beat uh, and I'd go, what? Uh, cause I mean, I, I've always had a funny relationship with that. In fact, I'm just remembering it now. Um, when I was younger, I would never change the pronouns in songs. Uh -huh. Um, and my parents were like, why are you singing about that? You know, you can just say, and then whatever pronoun they wanted me to say. And I was like, I could, but like, that's not how the song goes. Um, and I think that, I think that kind of, um, went into my experience with sexuality as well as um, my experience with gender. Um, and I kind of, I kind of realized how impactful art can be in realizing who I was. I, Austin and I kind of talked about this a little bit um, in the last interview that we did, but I think something that I've heard a lot recently in, you know, cause, cause I've been exposed to the trans community a, a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, something that I've heard is that gender is a social construct. Like it's basically mm -hmm. just made up, but it has very real societal effects and oh, effects yeah. on you as a person. Would you say like that that's applicable to you as well? And like oh, your absolutely. Um, so something that I love studying, um, uh, something th that I think would help you kind of understand me and my experiences a bit more is that, I use academia in order to understand myself in the world around me. That's um, that. That's how I. That's how I best kind of cope with. I how feel I like feel. you and I have uh, have that in common. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it it's really helpful. Um, and 
I mean, since science is all about knowing, it, it helps to know. Right. Um, so what I did is I I went into the classics. I went into gender study. I tried to figure all this out about how gender existed around the world and how complicated it was. Um, and through experiencing that and learning how uh, different regions of the world had different ideas of gender and different roles for gender, um, and a plurality of genders, because I think of ancient Rome and I think of, I, a lot of people think of like the Holy Roman empire in which they think about Christianity, um, and, uh, that kind of era. But a little bit before that, there's this idea of four different genders in ancient Rome. People tended not to identify with, uh, two of the other genders in which it'd be neuter, which is where we get neutral, meaning neither, or the common gender in which you can use any gendered endings to describe a person. Um, th that didn't apply as much to people, but there is this idea of there being more than masculine and feminine. And I think that was really enticing to me. Um, as well as uh, kind of learning that these idea of uh, these ideas of gender roles and gender uh, as they were more solidified and as they were more almost institutionalized, um, it began to less represent expression and more represent subordination. And so kind of going through that and recognizing that there's different ways to express and that that gender ball not inherently being constricting it's it's all about the different societies it's it's there's a lot with gender theory that shaped kind of how I viewed myself um and how I take in the world around me so did you go into that sort of deep dive on history and stuff um before after you you know realized that you were non-binary or before you started yeah, to figure that um, stuff out. Right. Um, a little bit of both. Um, so it, I think it, I think it predated me knowing, or at least recognizing that I was non-binary. I find it difficult to say that I didn't know, like, because I can give such great examples of me recognizing my sexuality and recognizing um, my gender identity uh, or just uh, how I felt when I was younger, but actually actually using labels and actually identifying it didn't come until much later. Um, so I'd say I'd say me learning about gender theory uh, predated me kind of understanding um, the idea of being non-binary and um, gender non-conforming and trans. Uh, yeah. So you're, I mean, you're out, I assume. I assume your parents are know and everything. My parents, my parents know that I am gay. Okay. They do not know that I'm trans, which is, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I told my dad, but I don't know if you remember, which is interesting. <laughs> That's a little awkward. It's, it, it's, it's very funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I, uh, I, and I, I was like, I'm non-binary. Um, I use they, I prefer they pronouns. Uh, this was a while ago. Uh, so I was like, I prefer they pronouns and, um, but I accept he, him. And he was like, okay, cool. Um, and it, I, he's completely forgotten about it, which <laughs> I think is, I think that's, I think it's funny. It is a little bit um, funny. It's just, it, it kind of goes to show that, uh, I mean, when you're a part of this community, you uh, there's this huge, like, impetus on coming out. Uh-huh. But it, <laughs> it honestly usually only really matters to you and the people that don't support it. But the people that are somewhere in between, to them, it's just, uh, okay. And then they kind of move on. Um <laughs> And I, I think it can kind of be refreshing knowing that it didn't really matter yeah. that much. I Frustrating, but still. Yeah, for sure. I recently, um, so I've been out to my mom since April. Oh, um, congratulations. I only recently came out to my dad uh, about a month ago, and I was terrified because I just didn't know how he would react. He's kind right. of generally more conservative socially than my mom. Um mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. I feel like there's kind of a pressure to, this is just in society in general. And then also just with the way that my dad was raised and everything else to kind of have that sort of stereotypically masculine and heterosexual son, you know? And it was funny to me because I told him, I was like, dad, I'm bisexual. I like boys. And he just went, okay. And that was the whole (laughs) conversation. Right. He was like, all right, like, I don't care. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's kind of funny because I mean, I had the same sort of focus on like coming out and it's going to be like this huge moment and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, all right. I mean, I, I think of all the media that exists of specifically with like gay male protagonists. Um, there's always this huge dramatic moment of coming out Um and it it rarely is it like that um and or at least if it is it isn't as epic as they make it out to be because there are people that uh uh, have to deal with very unaccepting families but it usually isn't that epic it's usually just a lot more sad because i when i was younger i tried coming out to my parents um, I, I tried explaining that, um, um, that I, uh, was biromantic, um, that I cared about, uh, that I loved people romantically and I didn't really care about their gender identity. Um, and, uh, my, my dad, um, uh, got really upset because he viewed the LGBTQ community as being inherently sexual, um, like many people do. And I think it's a product of how um, society kind of has uh, put uh, this idea of sexuality and sodomy on gay people. Um, and, and so I funnily enough I was crying and I hid 
in my parents' closet. <laughs> oh, that's some <laughs> literary it, it, irony. It, it was right really there. funny. Well, looking back, it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> At the, At moment, the moment, it was not. Um, and ironically enough, he took me, uh, so I was, I was in middle school at the time. He took me like by my legs and physically dragged me out of the closet. <laughs> so if, if we can have like an ideal form of symbolism, I think that'd kind of be it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and what's, what's really funny is now my dad doesn't care and, like he he's super supportive and one day he kind of came home with a pride flag and he was like here um and i was like uh okay and i already had one <laughs> so i was like all right i know i guess i'm adding it to my collection that's kind of sweet oh <laughs> it, it is sweet um but it's it's also a little bit unsatisfying. And yeah. I think that's because there wasn't a moment in which I knew he switched over from not accepting uh, that gay, that being gay isn't inherently sexual and not accepting that I can have romantic feelings um, that aren't sexual, especially as a child. Yeah. Um, and there was, there wasn't a clear switch from that. Yeah. And, yeah i i heard once from a tiktok actually <laughs> full disclosure um but i heard that someone say that in media coming out is often portrayed as the climax of the story and like everything builds up to that and then after that everything is all great and <laughs> rainbows and sunshine <laughs> whereas in real life coming out is the overture it's not the climax it's oh, yeah. it's the build-up and you know it's things don't change when you come out it's the it's a gradual shift for you mm -hmm. and everyone else around you and i know for me and i'm sure you've you've experienced this too when i came out you know to my parents especially um but also to my friends it was kind of like in the moment, it wasn't that big of a deal, but then it was everything afterwards where it kind of, you know, as kind of unfortunate as it is, it, it did change my relationship with my parents and my friends. And I had to learn how to express that freely myself and like what that was right. gonna mean for me and like how I was gonna interact with other people based on that. And yeah, I think that a lot of, cisgender heterosexual people don't really get that like even even in an accepting place like northern virginia that's like you know mm -hmm. relatively tolerant at least like at least not explicitly right. homophobic right yeah um, a little bit different than where i used to live in texas yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like they they don't really realize that like coming out is just the first step you know and right just being out doesn't mean that everything is okay and everything's equal and great you know mm -hmm. especially because i mean i i can't count how many times i've come out <laughs> like, yeah exactly uh, even uh, not only not only just in general to everyone but to my parents i cannot count how many times i've come out as 
uh, either different things or that I've just had to remind them. Yeah. Or that I had to explain a little bit more because it, coming out, even just to one person can be a process of just acclimating them to the idea that you're different, mm-hmm. um, especially parents that tend to really care about you. And I mean, they, as much as I hate saying it, a lot of, a lot of cishet parents don't like to hear their child is gay because they know how society will treat them. Right. Doesn't mean that they should shun that. Absolutely not. But it means that that's just a thing that happens. Um, so a lot of the, uh, I, I had to go through the kind of process of just letting them know that I just vaguely wasn't straight. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go into it, but I just go, oh, you know, um, in the LGBTQ community, weed, and I would just, I, I, I'd slip in stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in which it's not enough to incite a conversation, but it just, it helps to kind of get this idea in that. I, I do the same thing. I make like mm-hmm. funny little comments about like, liking boys or whatever and you could i could always tell it like catches them off guard and they have to like remember (laughs) and it's kind of it's kind of interesting to watch (laughs) honestly and i don't know maybe that's kind of a little bit messed up of me to do and say but it is entertaining it is oh man um go ahead uh, sorry what no go ahead okay um seeing how is when straight people accept you or at least try and be as best of an ally as they can. Um, it, it, it can be really funny just to watch them try and view sexuality because I mean, they'll never fully understand being a sexual deviant as yeah. society <laughs> kind of views us. Um, so it, 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 it'll be funny watching them. Sometimes they're like, oh, am I not being sensitive enough? Am I being oversensitive? And it, it's, it's funny watching them kind of freak out. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then, yeah, it's fun. So what's, what's been the hardest thing that you've dealt with either like, I don't know, socially or just, just in your personal experience of life uh, since you've come out um, either, you know, I guess, since you're not cis and you're not straight. So one, one for each. <laughs> yeah. Um, hardest thing since I've come out. Um, I think, I think the hardest part is getting, getting strangers to accept me. Especially because I'm not, I'm not cis passing um, by no means. Yeah. <laughs> Am I cis passing? I haven't, I haven't started transitioning, um, and I don't even know what if I'd want to visually transition because um, that's I, I don't know. Um, but it, it's 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 difficult having, especially because I mean we're young, so we have a lot of classmates and a lot of kids our age that first of all don't have a lot of life experience but on top of that um uh are the kind of they kind of adopt their parents views and it's difficult interacting with them in which they're kind of i don't know it's just it, it makes it it makes it difficult to um 
feel accepted in your environment, especially when you don't have a choice in the environment. Right. Um, uh, that's mostly it is um, trying to, especially because I'm not, I'm not publicly out. I'm out to my friends mm-hmm. um, and I'd be out to people if they asked me, but it's not like, everyone I meet knows or the kids that I go to school with and that I've lived with my whole life. No. Do they know that I'm not cishet? Yes. They, uh, I think they've known since I was, since I was in first grade, I think they've known. Right. But they, they don't, I don't, they don't know my identity and it's, yeah. I guess what do you what's one thing that you wish what's one thing that you wish you could like convey instantly to everyone around you about your identity and everything else like if there was one thing that you could have just like I don't know I'm thinking of like chat bubbles above your head (laughs) like Mm -hmm. if there's one thing that you just wish that people could know about you just right off the bat what would it be um the that that's a lovely question i'm gonna use that for an icebreaker sometime (laughs) um probably that i i'd want them engage me in conversation i'd i am i'm comfortable with having conversations about my identity um i'm comfortable with questions about my identity uh the only and I'm, I'm even comfortable with the wrong questions because I can, I can explain why it's not a good question. The, the only thing that I care about is ask me questions, but be prepared to listen. Don't, don't come in with hostility and try and employ narratives. Right. Uh, instead, I, 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 I'm okay with questions. I'm okay with you wanting to know more about me and I'm okay with you not understanding I don't think you're stupid because you don't understand, but uh, let's have a conversation about it. I think, I think it's probably especially hard being trans and especially non-binary since both of those things have only kind of come into the average person's vocabulary in the last 10 years, really kind of the last 20, but mostly the last 10 years within my life or well, both of our lifetimes, we're the same age, but um, Uh I think, I think that's just got to be like so hard to explain to people since they, they, I don't know. I feel like most people just don't even understand what, like just the basic concepts of being trans and right. I don't know. That just seems difficult. <laughs> it, it, it is a little bit, um, especially what's interesting and difficult is trying to engage in conversations with people from different uh, eras, uh, people from different generations, because if I were to explain myself, um, to someone who was born 60 years ago, um, trans is short for something else to them, um, that most trans people don't enjoy and is usually wrong, um, or inaccurate, um, I should say. Uh, and it's, and engaging in the conversations and explaining yourself, it, it it's never easy, but, and it's not always extremely rewarding, 
but over time it's it, it there's this affirmation that you feel with people trying to listen and people trying to understand even if they even if the conversation ends with them not understanding but respecting or at least just knowing that they don't understand or accepting that they don't understand it it's cathartic uh yeah i think i think that probably holds true for every sort of just any sort of belief or lifestyle system or whatever you want to talk about just like mm-hmm. even if you end up still not agreeing or still being you know they still don't like you or whatever at least they at least you understand better where you're both coming from. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like gender and sexual orientation fall into that. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm still, if we, if me and a homophobic person have a conversation and they walk away still being homophobic, but they at least know more about my experience, I'm more okay with that than just like ignorance. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, it feels better somehow. I don't know. Maybe that's like kind of crazy, but I kind of see what it, you're saying. It, I think it comes from the, like you tried. Yeah. You, you did your best. Um, and I mean, at, at the end of the day, you can only, you can only, if they're engaging in verbal arguments, um, then th- there's nothing truly to worry about. The only, the only time, that it gets really scary as if it can evolve into a physical altercation. Right. But if it's, if it's just people don't understand you and they want to be bigoted um, as, as long as it doesn't, uh, as long as it doesn't affect your health, yeah. uh, then it, it, it's, it's easy to kind of go, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and move on with your life. It's nice being able to move on yeah. uh, from having a discussion about sexuality right um or gender so kind of changing gears a little bit uh covid has obviously forced us all to be at home a lot more with a much Mm -hmm. smaller group of people pretty much just your family um you know lgbtq teens are already at you know a much higher risk of feeling isolated and lonely just as a factor of being them um, how has it affected you personally, as far as sort of everything we've talked about? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I've noticed a lot of my friends have started to come to terms, not only with their sexuality, but with their gender identity, uh, while, uh, quarantining. Um, and I, I mean, I, myself, I identified as non-binary before quarantine, but I started to explore and understand that my gender identity felt more geared towards the neutral as well as the feminine side, um, of the dodecahedron of gender. (laughs) Um, and it, it's allowed for a lot of self-reflection. Um, but at the same time, it's allowed for a lot of anxiety and worrying that people are overhearing uh, you and ha- having to be cautious of what you say um, and how you express it. Because even, even now, 
um, even though my parents accept me, um, that doesn't mean they understand me. Right. Uh, so that it, some issues that we'll run into is I'll be talking about uh, different ways that laws are being implemented or uh, just ways that uh, LGBTQ plus people are socially and uh, systemically affected. Um, and they'll, they'll shut me down. Um, and I get that a lot more, uh, now than I used to. And I kind of run into that, um, uh, that issue with them not, not being able to fully understand and fully understand how it feels to kind of, um, be told again, uh, by your own, uh, parents that they prioritize other issues um, over things that affect you. Yeah. Um, has kind of the the isolation, we have a pretty like strong little GSA at Dominion, has being mm-hmm. isolated from them and like the rest of the community hurt as well? Or was that kind of not as much of a big deal for you? I, I've definitely missed being in GSA in person. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's It's nice to be able to go somewhere to know for a fact that no one is going to belittle you for who you are, or at least is going to hear you out, uh, first. Um, and I think, I think that's really helpful because there are, there are other scenes in which, I mean, the LGBTQ plus communities super prominent. Um, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it's safe. And so, having a GSA and being a part of that can give you that guarantee of safety. Um, and I've missed being able to interact with people in person and being able to, um, relate to people, um, in person, um, and being able to be there for other people, because one of the main things that I kind of struggled with is when I was still kind of dealing with my sexuality and gender identity, I, I not only didn't have a lot of people there for me, but the people who tried to be, I turned them away. Um, and I, 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 I miss being able to be there for other people and especially younger people that could be going through what I was going through. There's a lot of talk kind of in our society <laughs> just you know modern culture in general about like safe spaces and mm-hmm. i think it's excuse me i think it's become a very political issue for whatever reason um yeah i think there's people who have never been marginalized in any way don't really get how important those safe spaces are for people who are marginalized. Right. And I know personally, that's one of the things that I've missed is like being out of my house and able to kind of express myself more freely. Mm -hmm. And even though school wasn't entirely safe either, and I wasn't out yet, like it just gave me at least going to GSA and like hanging out with you and Austin and other friends and stuff like, um, it gave me a place that I could be accepted and right. that, that I, that I wasn't afraid of like being harassed or, you know, made fun of or whatever else. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like lots of people just don't get that. And I don't think safe spaces should be viewed as like 
kind of a snowflakey sort of thing. Right. I think it's just like a something that you need for your own sanity. Like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think I think but. the media tends to portray safe spaces as almost like hospitals in which people like are putting down their heavy backpack and panting, and they're like, "Oh, I had to deal with society for the whole," and everyone has bandages and they're sick. It's not that. It's places to hang out with your friends that they know and the places to be with your friends while uh, uh, promoting safety and promoting uh, the issues that have, or promoting redressing uh, the issues which affect you. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand is depending on the safe space, it's not exclusionary. Yeah. Uh, like with the GSA, I mean, it's called the Gay Straight Alliance. Straight people can come in anytime they like. The only thing that matters is that they're willing to hear people out and willing to listen. Uh, because, I mean, there's not really room to be homophobic in a GSA. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a large amount of misrepresentation uh, for safe spaces. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so just, just as we wrap up, um, to end on kind of a positive note, what's the, what's been the best part about being out and being, and, and this can actually tie into the, the COVID question as well. Like, what are some of the positive effects that have come from COVID for you? Um, especially reflecting, like it's been a year since court or pandemic was declared and, everything mm-hmm. else, you know, what's gotten easier for you over time? This is going to sound a little cheesy, but, or at least a little hard to believe, but honestly, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I know it, it doesn't sound like um, coming out or even, even if you don't tell people, um, but at least accepting yourself it doesn't sound like that would affect you a lot, but the moment I was able to come to terms with myself and be able to be proud of myself with people that I know wouldn't hurt me for it, um, it's the moment that I was able to, I, I started being able to love myself a lot more. And I was able to explore my relationship with myself which I kind of locked away when, I mean, like a lot of gay and trans people do when they kind of lock away their identity and repress it and become internally homophobic or transphobic. And so now I'm able to explore loving myself and my mental health has gotten a lot better because of it. Um, Despite, you know, how difficult it is to socialize, I'm able to have myself now in which I wasn't able to. And Especially first, um, as I mean, as any high schooler does, there's going to be a time in which they move and go out. Um, Being able to depend on yourself first is extremely important. And I have that now uh, fully, I think, or at least as full as I can. Um, And uh, do you ask my best experience with COVID? Yeah, sure. If if you want to include that. Yeah. What's your best experience (laughs) with COVID? Um, I, I think, uh, as, as much as it's been difficult to interact with people, 
it's it's allowed it's allowed me to really nurture specific relationships and it's allowed me to prioritize um my growth and uh forming and connecting different relationships and it's it's made it obvious to me that uh, uh when we're in person and when we are talking to people sometimes you make conversation and sometimes you talk to people to talk to people and it's made me really appreciate the amount of people around me that care about me for me and it's made me be able to not only love myself a lot more but love the people around me a lot more and especially with being out in nature now in which that's so that's so um encouraged i've been able to love me the people around me and the world around me um in face of the pandemic and i think it's i think it's wonderful